everybody here it comes another episode of the driller dr brady podcast uh with lowell as always and ever sound too excited about that <laughs> with dumb old lowell <laughs> dumb old lowell cramping my style like always jeez um the old ball and chain <laughs> that's fair um things are there's some crazy things in the world going on i'm aware uh, today is January 19th. Tomorrow is Inauguration Day. Yep. I'm just waiting for that. Uh... What is the over-under on <laughs> <laughs> on complete bedlam tomorrow? Um, I would say it's at least 60-40. 60 percent chance of something crazy of happening. Bedlam. Of bedlam. Yeah. 40% chance of... <laughs> Different bedlam. <laughs> havoc. Now we got bedlam, uh, 60% for bedlam, 40% for havoc. You know what? Um, yeah, you might be right. I'd like to think that, uh, you know, here's the thing. Let me talk about the Capitol Hill riot. Uh, I know we talked about it last week with uh, Philip on the show, who was there. If you didn't catch that episode, go back and listen to that episode with Philip Anderson. He's a young... African-American man who stands up for freedom and free speech and has paid some ultimate uh, major permanent prices for that. Got his teeth knocked out by an Antifa thug. He's been deplatformed on everything. He's not a right-wing nut. Um, uh, he is a true believer, though. I would call him He's a, a Trumper. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm right not a Trumper. Not an extreme right-wing extremist, but definitely a true believer of the right-wing and of Donald Trump. Yeah, and uh, definitely sees the left as the enemy. For sure. Right? Like, that's definitely true of him. Um, but he's got some on-the-ground, you know, eyewitness accounts of things that I wasn't aware of. So. And some very on-point, you know, points of view. Like, I would say, like, a very, you know, he's he's got some points. I mean, the dude got his front teeth knocked out and then had a GoFundMe to pay for it with $40,000 in it. And then GoFundMe takes it away from him. That's crazy. It's crazy talk. <laughs> got that crazy talk going He's on. He's a cool guy. I actually got he, to chat with him after our. He's uh, a cool guy. Yeah, I, I like. I like him. Bit. I like him. And I liked his buddy that he brought in, uh, who goes by the name the Black Rebel. Oh, you're talking about Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. The Black Rebel. I like that. No, Andrew's cool. Who got stabbed by Antifa in Portland because I they thought he was Philip. I don't remember his other friend that he brought with him, the one with the epic mustache. That was a that was a mustache oh, for my, the ages. My oh goodness. man, that's like I'm like you should compete, bro. I mean, that's like porn star stash from the seventies. I wouldn't even say that. I would say like cop mustache from the seventies. There's a difference. <laughs> it's like well, the porn star that, mustache is like seedy, and the cop sat the cop mustache is full <clears throat> and, and full of like power and dignity. Listen, listen up, folks. Listen, Brian. If um. <laughs> If Donald Trump were to have won the presidency for a second term, I think the dollar would have done very well. I think if since Biden's going to be president, I'm pretty sure Bitcoin's going to do very well. And uh, because I think he's going to screw over the dollar. So I think they're going to keep printing money. So what I'm saying is either way, I'm fine. Uh, uh, 
but definitely I'm a believer that Biden's going to destroy the value of the dollar, which ushers in a conversation about Bitcoin. <laughs> Actually, I, I kind of welcome the subject matter because I was going to like uh, ask you some legitimate questions about it. Because yeah. I'm going to have a, a, sl- a, a sl- like a, I don't know, let's call it a slush fund. A slight oh, slush fund dude, of, should... of extra capital that I, I'm really keen on investing. And I've seen, watched the prices of Bitcoin lately mm-hmm. for about the past eight months. And mm-hmm. I just watched them go up and up and up and up. And then just to like remind it, I actually, one of my, there's a music store in town. Are you familiar? Uh, we, we live in Vancouver, Camas, Washington area uh, with Briz Guitar and Loan. No. It's a it's a musical pawn shop that's downtown. Oh wait wait, correction. I am familiar. Yeah, uh, I, if you look on their homepage of their website, and you go all the way to the very bottom, the entire store is for sale for fourteen point six eight Bitcoin, and he throws the building in for free. Wait, <laughs> for fourteen point six eight Bitcoin, that's going to be five hundred eighty thousand ish. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably li- a little I less it up a little, <laughs> well at bitcoin right now is 35 36k it was a couple weeks ago around 44 43 so there's that's a big swing actually but yeah it's about a little a little north of half million yep he'll sell you the pawn shop and the building it was a little the, the i would say that the language was murky on the building said the building will be free but that's the assessed at like value of his inventory and his vintage guitar collection they have a vintage guitar reserve i believe is the terminologies i literally I'm looked at it, i was like very interested i'm in like that. how much is that because uh i don't have that kind of money. he'll only sell it in bitcoin i think so no you can they accept bitcoin over there yeah like he's very oh, i've accepted bitcoin. bitcoin in my dental office i know the first time i went to your dental office i saw that sign i know i'm putting that sign back up and i got a pretty serious discount for paying in cash did you yeah that was nice of me <laughs> i don't think it was no i think it was random chance that i saw you that day let me tell you since you're asking my history with cryptocurrency <laughs> i uh read a book what was it called? I think it was called The Internet of Money by Anton Antonopoulos, I think, is the guy. And then there's another book by Paul Vigna. Let me see what that book's called. I read these two books. I forget what that book. Paul Vigna was is the Is these other. the books that got you into Bitcoin? Yes. Uh, hold on. Paul Vig- I'm looking this up. Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Give that a goog. <laughs> You ain't got Joe Rogan money, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the Age of Cryptocurrency, written in 2015. Great book. But I consumed it. Like those two books, The uh, the the Internet of Money and The Age of Cryptocurrency by Paul Vigna. Um, those two books. And it was weird because my wife's like, my wife knows like I'm not a reader. And then I consumed these two books and I was just like blockchain blockchain digital currency bitcoin ethereum like i i just started like understanding the vernacular understanding what it is understanding kind of crudely how it works i'm not techie at all you know this i know this <laughs> but i read it and i was like this is incredible this is an incredible this is as incredible of an invention as the internet itself that's why that book was called the internet of money so I have paper, dude. You have paper. 
It's just so I don't forget my... Lowell's writing on his... Lowell's defacing his body. Uh, like I haven't already. Lowell, your body's a temple. <laughs> it's a temple I'm going to paint. <laughs> your, your, your body's more of like a shed in the backyard. <laughs> oh, wow. It's uh, a strong <laughs> shed. You better be careful. <laughs> <It's> sturdy. <laughs> Um, so I read these two books and I was hooked and I started buying little bits of, uh, cryptocurrency. About that time I was getting really sick of, of my comic book collection and I sold a bunch of comic books and I kind of went all in on crypto and I had some really, um, it's wild cause it's so volatile in price change and, uh, things were going crazy. I really got kind of addicted to like crypto Twitter, which is, you, you, it's where I got most of my information, like what coins to buy and like what's pumping. Um, and this was before Coinbase had everything available. The only thing you could buy on Coinbase was Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think maybe Litecoin too. Um, but I was having to go to like weird Chinese exchanges to buy like opening accounts on like Chinese websites, giving them my information and just trusting that I'm safe there. Anyways, so I got really crazy into like trading too, like buying and selling and trading coins and digital currency. And while I didn't, you know, I was a speculative buyer. I wasn't, I wasn't knowledgeable about the projects that I was investing in. But Bitcoin, what it offers is a non, it's non-confiscatable, okay? Can't take someone's Bitcoin. So if John Law comes for you, they can't get at your Bitcoin. There's no way. There's no, unless, well, it depends on where you have your, where you have your Bitcoin. It would be, uh, you can store them in cold wallets, like a, it's like a little USB drive. Uh, there's a company called Trezor, T-R-E-Z-O-R, or a Nano Ledger X is another product that's used, but basically it's a USB drive and you can store all your Bitcoin on that USB drive. It's just digital information. So you can store all that and you take it with you, put it in a safe. If you are a Syrian refugee and you're being driven from your homeland and the banks are, you know, all closed up and you can't get your money, you can put all your wealth on a jump drive, put it in your pocket and go anywhere with it and then use it anywhere. Just hope you don't like fall in a lake or get wet. Right. <laughs> you can find ways you can convert that Bitcoin to, you know, any other fiat currency that you want to convert it to. So the ramifications of this are, uh, I mean, Bitcoin was created, this is really interesting too, it was created by an entity, let's call it. The entity's name is Satoshi Nakamoto. And no one knows, there was a famous white paper that was written, I think in 2009, might be 2008, but it was right around the collapse of uh, the big banks, the big recession of 2008, 2009. The housing bubble was a big part of this too. I remember that distinctly. And that brought on the birth of digital currency. Um, it's an honest currency, too. And there's a limited supply. Can't be printed. Can't be, um, can't be really manipulated. Not in the same way that dollars can be. Um, I think uh, J.P. Morgan just got fined like a billion dollars. It was like $963 million because they were manipulating the price of uh, precious metals, your golds and your silvers and your platinums. Um, My so, dad's really into silver. He buys silver every paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard a funny story this week from a friend. Do you know why there are vertical lines on the side of quarters and dimes? 
way. And like nickels, there aren't because nickels are a newer currency. Yeah. I heard it's because they're made of silver and people used to shave their, they'd shave their silver. So they'd make the coins slightly smaller in diameter where you wouldn't notice. They'd collect the shavings and melt them down to create more silver. Seems like a lot of work. It does seem like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm being Captain Obvious tonight, but it's just kind of, it's kind of the way I see it. Um, Listen, if you see shavings in your nickels or your dimes, uh, you know they've been tampered with. Uh, so, listen, I, I went excessively large uh, allocations into Bitcoin back in 2017. And um, then I would use my Bitcoin. The only way you could buy other coins. So now, like, if you go to Coinbase.com, there's a list of maybe 20, 25 coins that they sell. But the only other way to get other coins was to use your Bit. You'd buy the coins with Bitcoin. You use Bitcoin as the currency to buy other coins. So you'd make your gains in Bitcoin. So if I bought one Bitcoin worth of another coin and it doubled in value, I, now I have two Bitcoin. So I started to do that. I started to get really successful with it. Started to really manipulate the system, you know, buy coins that went up and buy and sell and trade. I had some big wins. Then I had some big losses because there was a huge bear market crash in 2018 that lasted all through 2019. Lost a ton. I did some stuff similar like that. I did... uh like 2015 to like 2017 i did currency exchange oh fiat currency exchange yeah yeah and, it's, kind of, uh, it's called forex right yeah and i got destroyed <laughs> i did really well for a while and then i just got wiped out <clears throat> luckily well, i didn't ever had like like my bill money you know again there but i did lose it's always dough. hard to time markets and it's hard to know when your stock's at an all-time high you know when to sell when to exit because man the euphoria of when you're gaining is this like, I just want to gain more. You don't want to, you're so scared of missing out that like, you don't want to get off the train. Even though you've made incredible gains, you don't want to get off that train. That screwed me back in 2018, 2019. I didn't lose any money that I, I didn't lose any of my initial investment, but I did lose a lot of my gains. And now they've come back strong. Um, not as strong as they were, but definitely with the Bitcoin, you know, pumping it. Uh, went right past its all-time high of 20,000 and uh, onward to 43, 44,000 where it stopped. And then there's uh, predictions by super smart people that Bitcoin, $200,000 by, by the end of the year, uh, $146,000, there's uh, three fifty dollars uh, out there, all kinds of things, Ethereum, people saying it's going to be 10K, it's trading it just broke its all-time high today um uh anyways i do think that cryptocurrency is the future and you definitely want to one of my favorite podcasters is anthony pompliano who is just a guest i'm super jealous it was just a guest on the bulletproof dental practice with uh my buddies peter bolden and craig spodak it's a great dental podcast everyone should go check that out um but just had this guy he goes but he goes by the name of pomp so smart, so cool. And he always says, get off zero. You just got to get off zero. So if you're not, if you don't have any cryptocurrency, it's easy to get. Go to coinbase.com, set up an account. Gemini is a good place. You can buy it on PayPal now. You can buy it on uh, Robinhood. Um, and recently, we can get into this, but recently I just started finding these uh, crypto banks. Um, one's called BlockFi and one's called Voyager. There's another one called Celsius, and they offer 
a tremendous amount of interest if you store your money with them. And so I've started storing my money with them after doing a ton of research on this and feeling pretty confident about that. But uh, we can get in a second. But as far as like not being into crypto at all, lol, I would say if you have a little slush fund, get off zero. Buy something. Once you buy it, you're going to pay attention to it. You're going to watch it. You're going to think about when to get off, when to get on. And buying it just kind of motivates you to like pay attention to the market, do some research on your own. One of the, the cool reasons I'm thinking about doing is, A, I've already been burned before, so I learned that lesson hard that, you know, you got to get off the train at some point. At some point, you got to see that coming, at least try to, or just see the writing on the wall and know when to jump ship. You know what I mean? Like, you got to know when to get in and when to get out. Yeah. And now I have just a little bit more time that's, like, mine. When you're working on someone else's, like, framework, you know, yeah. you just don't have time to monitor this kind of thing that, you, like, you, you know, you need to. And the thing is, you can set your phone up to do all this stuff for you. Mm -hmm. But you got to be there around to check the notifications, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Well, and honestly, I'll tell you, my philosophy is I'll probably never sell my Bitcoin, ever, or my Ethereum, or any of the... There are some, because we're in the middle of what's called a bull market right now, there is a what they call altcoins. Altcoins are alternative alternative coins. There's a lot of them out there. This is a lot like the uh, dot-com boom, where people would invest in these dot-coms, and there was a lot of volatility in the market, but most of the dot-coms would burn you. Most of them went to zero. There's a lot of coins out there that are dangerous because they pump, and it makes you want to get on the train. And then they pump hard, and you just want to keep on getting those gains, and then they drop hard, and you can't get out. Now you're thinking they're going to pump again. And then you're waiting for them to pump and they drop again and you get like just sucker punched. So, uh, there's a lot of care that needs to be had. A lot of research. Sounds like there. some of my relationships in my young, young adulthood. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyways, it's, a it's a wild and crazy ride and you gotta be, you gotta be down for volatility. It's very volatile. The, the price, but like. I am of the belief that one Bitcoin will at some point be worth $500,000. It'll have a value and then it will stabilize. And at some point it becomes so valuable that it stabilizes. What you have to understand about the way, you know, my limited understanding of finances is this. There is more money being made now than the history of mankind. It's, a, it's an unfathomable amount of money. So much money that if you had, let's say, $500 million dollars, you're a huge hedge fund and you want to invest $500 million. There's really no place where you can really invest $500 million. It's too much money, right? It's too much money to put on the market for one. Like you can't, you're not going to go buy $500 million worth of gold. Okay. That's not going to happen. Buy land. It's one thing they're not making any more of. <laughs> that's what my grandfather did. That's how my grandfather made a good portion of his money was he was a land. Prospector. Well, I think Bill Gates is the largest landowner now. He was a land prospector. I did hear that. Anyways, so the idea is that there needs to, you know, there needs to be an asset class that has an unlimited amount of ability to store wealth, store it with, you know, minimal gains and minimal risk. So Bitcoin is definitely something that could be that. There's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins. Bitcoin is a digital currency. It runs on an algorithm that pumps out. It's so weird how it works. It's uh, Bitcoin is mined through mathematical equations that need to be solved by a supercomputer. 
when the supercomputer solves the mathematical equations, it creates a Bitcoin. But there's people who compete, and they're called miners. And they compete like my supercomputer against your supercomputer. I'm trying to mine the same Bitcoin that you are. Um, and every 10 minutes, one of these math problems comes out. So it's on this algorithm where it's all front-loaded. So basically, every 10 minutes, X amount of Bitcoin is created. But it, it slows down, so it's all front-ended. So every four years, there's an event called a halving. And the amount of Bitcoin that's created gets cut in half. I think the last Bitcoin will be created somewhere in like 2024. It might be 2028. I'm not exactly sure. Right now, 900 Bitcoin are created every day. 900 of them. And right now, every single one of them is worth, right now, about $36,000. So, um, and PayPal is buying up the entire daily supply. Every day, PayPal buys that 900. I mean, they buy a ton. So it's a very interesting lesson in supply and demand. Super interesting. So where was I going with that? You were just talking about... I get lost in cryptocurrency. You're pontificating on why um, I should get into <laughs> cryptocurrency. Everyone should, get, everyone should get some cryptocurrency. Get off zero, as you put it. <clears throat> yeah, everyone should get off zero. Go put 100 bucks. Go buy something on, on Coinbase or on Gemini. I like the Gemini. Gemini is owned by the Winklevoss twins, who are the ones that got screwed out of Facebook. Uh, so interesting, interesting people there. Um, there's just a lot of smart people that you can go listen to online, on podcasts, on YouTube, on Twitter, who have a lot of really smart things to say. And it's really, really good to pay attention to this. What I'm getting at is that it's a Bitcoin as an asset class that can afford to, because there's 21 million coins, if each one coin is a million dollars, you have an infinite amount of ability to invest um, the amount of money. That I mean, like, um, I remember when Bill Gates was like the richest person in the world and he had like $20 billion. $20 billion. Yeah, I remember that too. Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world with $190 billion. We will definitely live to see the first trillionaire. 100% certain of that. These guys, once they make money, they just keep on making money jeff bezos elon musk the bill gates of the world um they just they just and this more more and more money you have trillion dollar companies now amazon is a trillion dollar company uh which is the first time that's ever happened so uh, just enormous amounts of money and the markets don't can't sustain that they just can't sustain it so something's gonna have to be created um jack dorsey of twitter is super in um Anyways, um, I'm not like the, f I, look, I am not the person to talk to about like the technical stuff behind Bitcoin. I don't know a lot of stuff, but I definitely believe in it. It's, it's magical what it can do because it makes it so you don't have to rely on banks. You don't have to rely on governments to trade your money, to send your money, to do what you want with your money. Bitcoin allows complete financial freedom for the first time ever uh, in the history of humankind. And that to me is just such a disrupting, freeing type of um, idea. And it's not new. You know, Bitcoin has been around for a decade now, a little longer than a decade. It's been through a lot of trials. You could say if it was gonna 
fail, it would have failed. But now you got huge companies that are putting Bitcoin on their balance sheets, meaning that they're storing some of their wealth in Bitcoin. I'm seeing a lot of businesses take it as payment now, too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen for a long time. Well, I'll tell you what, BlockFi. So what's really interesting now, here's what's interesting. There are banks, and I'll use Voyager and BlockFi as an example. I use these products, BlockFi and Voyager. What I do is I store my cryptocurrency on these um, uh, platforms. Also, there are what's called stable coins. Like there's a U.S. dollar coin. So U.S. dollar coin is just a digital version of a dollar, and you can trade your dollars for U.S. dollar coins. It's always worth a dollar. Never fluctuates. It's always, it's just a stable, it's called a stable coin. You can go to Voyager right now or BlockFi, and I think both of them offer 8.6% interest annually, compounded monthly, um, and get paid interest um, every single month uh, and make 8.6% on whatever you're holding there. Not an investment. You're not investing in anything. You're just holding it there. And BlockFi and Voyager uses your money to loan to institutions. And then they charge those institutions interest and they give back 80% of the profit to the users where banks give back 20% of the profit to the users. It's why when you use a bank, your interest rate is 1% or that less than 1%. And usually you get charged some sort of fee for just having the bank Yeah, you don't make money from that. But 8.6% is more than most people make in the stocks. And you know, you know, holding their money in stocks or or you know, these funds or index funds or whatever they're investing in. So the idea that you're going to make 8.6% on just your dollars. You not even you don't have to invest in cryptocurrency. Your US dollar coin is always going to be worth a dollar. So you can just in, park it there, and make 8.6%. It also offers, some of these sites offer like 6% of interest on Bitcoin, paid out in Bitcoin. They offer 5% interest on Ethereum, paid out in the coin that you, that you hold there. Um, and then you can also, with these sites, they're coming out with credit cards that will give you like 2 or 3% back on all cash, on all purchases paid in Bitcoin. So I'm on the waiting list. For BlockFi's credit card. I'm so stoked about this. It's going to be awesome. Is this like the black like American <clears throat> Express card? It's a Visa. It's a Visa. They're yeah. teaming up with Visa. But the idea is that then I can actually use this as a bank. And what's cool, you know, why would I do this? Here's the other thing these sites do. They allow you to borrow money using your cryptocurrency as collateral. So let's say I have, a, let's say I need to borrow, let's say I want to buy a, a, put a down payment on a house. I need 50 grand to put a down payment on a house. Um, let's say I have my 50 grand in cryptocurrency, but I don't want to take it out because that could be a taxable event. I could have to pay capital gains on my cryptocurrency and crypto tax law is super sketchy right now. Like nobody really knows what the rules are. It's kind of the wild west. <laughs> no CPAs are like good at this. Um, maybe there are, if you are a CPA who's good at crypto, please contact me. I am in the market. Um, uh, but you can leverage your cryptocurrency. So instead of borrowing, instead of um, selling my cryptocurrency to get the 50 grand, I could um, basically lock up my cryptocurrency as collateral. Let's say I had the crypto, let's say I had $100,000 in cryptocurrency. I could just lock up my cryptocurrency. They would loan me $50,000 in my fiat currency and I pay 
you know, I had the option to take a loan out with my cryptocurrency as collateral and pay that back monthly to them until I pay off my balance and I get my cryptocurrency back. So um, it's just a phenomenal idea that is becoming more and more awesome the more I think about it. The more I can get rid of banks, you know, and use these different platforms to store my money and keep a little bit more control of my money, I think. Here's the thing. Banks take your money, and it's a legal Ponzi scheme. That's what a bank is. Bank takes your money and loans it to whoever they want, and they leverage it like 50 to 1. They are loaning out way more money than what they actually have. Like, it's a Ponzi scheme, and they rely on more people coming into the Ponzi scheme to be able to to, to well, settle kinda, their debts. You kind of have to now. I mean, you can't really... You can't really it's very difficult to exist in the world as it is without a credit card or without a debit card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so while my funds on like Voyager and BlockFi aren't like FDIC insured, what it makes me feel insured is that they're collateral. They're never leveraging more than one to one, meaning they're not giving away more money than what they actually have. They, and they're very transparent with how much funds they have and how much they're loaning out. And anyone they loan money to, they require collateral in a different currency. So if you're going to if they're going to loan you dollars, you're loaning you're you're using bitcoin as collateral. Which makes me feel like if these lending institutions go belly up and they stiff Voyager or BlockFi, they're not going to be taking my bitcoin as recompense for this other institution failing. Uh, that institution already has collateral in the in the company. Anyways, super stoked about it. Uh, I wonder how many people we lost on this one. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this is the thing. Like, I've been curious. One thing that I know Brady is good at is making money. He's just good at it. Oh, thank you. Well, you are. You are. You've talked to me about it. You've given me some tips and stuff like that. So I always ask you because you're good at it. And it's something I've been kind of looking at. But the last thing I wanted to do was jump into this with absolutely like zero knowledge and just like have no idea, you know, if because so, there's just so much stuff out there on the internet that says lurking. Just waiting to take your money from you. Correct. Yeah. So it's I agree like with that. To have like an inside line on some stuff that's tried and been proven and has worked for you, I actually find it pretty. Inf- I like money. Like I find it very informative. Yeah. Because I'm trying to find different. I, one of the things I worked for a producer for a while, and one of the things was he was always says is like, when when you would negotiate your fees for studio work, there's two different ways you can do it. You can either get a lump payout right there for the job, and that's it. Yeah, or you can get a lesser payout, but you get back end money, where it's what we like to call in the business mailbox money. Okay, and it's basically passive income. So if the royalties for a song that you recorded guitar parts for go really well, you get a chunk of that. Yeah, passive income. It fluctuates, but you know, having passive income has saved my butt a number of times. So what I'm trying to do is generate more of things like that, but also be more actively involved in the generation of that. Yeah. I mean, cryptocurrency is just another way to diversify your portfolio. So however you make money or whatever you do with your money, whatever you, if you are an investor and you want to invest in money, you can do whatever you, you can do whatever you want, invest in whatever you want. But I think you should put a portion into cryptocurrency. It's tried enough and true enough that it deserves 1% of your portfolio, 5% of your portfolio, whatever you want to put in. I'll tell you right now, me personally, 90%. Any, any penny... I have, I am putting in cryptocurrency. I am so bullish on cryptocurrency, it's not even funny. Um, I just, and this we're in the middle of a bull run. Um, 
uh, they are printing money and deflating your dollar like crazy. And that's what Biden's going to do. And I don't want to get too political, but that's what's Biden. But that's what Biden's going to do. They're going to force everyone uh, to uh, you know, pay fifteen dollars an hour. They're going to force everyone. They're going to increase everyone's taxes. They're going to just keep on printing money. People are going to look for escapes, ways to escape that. And having your money in Bitcoin allows you some more options. Well, more this options is, too. This is also yeah. Without getting too political, this is part of the part of the cycle. Part of the cycle, man. <laughs> it's a circle of life. It is. Yeah. That was a good one. I yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I don't think everyone should do what I do uh, and go ninety percent of <laughs> their net worth is, is in. I'll tell you this. I was about to. Uh, we're opening up another practice, and I was about to. Um, I was going to buy the building. Put a sizable down payment on a building. Because it's nice, it's a and it's a really good financial move to own the building that you work in. Super good financial move. Land. It's the one thing they're not making any more of. Right. So, um, uh, but uh, with the new kind of trend of cryptocurrency, the way it's going is that I want to be on that train. And I actually believe that my return will be uh, many times higher by uh, by utilizing that money right now in in the investment of of cryptocurrency. Um, so that's my personal feeling. Uh, it's not financial advice, and no one should take this as financial advice. That would be stupid of you, and you deserve to lose all your money. But I'll tell you what: there's a coin. I was about to buy some. I'm so mad I didn't. It's on Coinbase. It's called Engine. E-N-J-I-N. And I was going to buy it. <clears throat> uh, this was a week ago. This is sold on Coinbase. It's a gaming. It has a gaming uh, use case. Something with gaming. But I was like, anything with gaming, I'm like, I'm, I, I, like where that's, I like where that's going. Engine last week was 17 cents. And I was really contemplating buying. And it's 41 cents now. So it's done, it's done, it's done more than a double. And whatever money you would have put into it last week, it's worth double that now. But that's also a coin that's dangerous to me. It's not very, it hasn't been around very much. And, um, um, you know, that could easily tank tomorrow. I don't really know the developers of this coin. I don't know who the software developers, I don't know who the people are. I just know, I watched a YouTube video about it. Someone I trust on YouTube says it's one of the coins to watch in 2021. And I was thinking about buying some. And I should have. But if I had it now, the question is, here's the question about investing. If I had it now and it went from 17 cents to 41, what would I do? Would I get out? I'm telling you, I might take a little bit out. <laughs> but I probably, what I like to do is when I get those gains, take out everything that I invested and just play with house money. That makes me feel good, you know? So whatever I invest, if I invested a hundred bucks and now it's 200 bucks, I take that hundred bucks out and I put it somewhere else and I ride that next hundred bucks there. That's an example of the volatility of cryptocurrency. It's really volatile, right? You know, volatile. well, I have an addiction that you don't. So, well, you do, you sort of do. Um, Is it I gambling? Do. No, it's uh, music gear. Mm. I have a pretty powerful music gear addiction. Oh yeah. I can be allured. You, yeah, you have some of you have a little bit of that. I have a little bit. Yeah. I don't think I have your 
uh, your level. Well, uh, you do have a soundproof booth in your garage that we are currently shoot, like you know, uh, doing this podcast. This cost me a pretty and, penny. Yeah, it was yeah. a pretty penny. Yeah, this was a pretty penny. That's for sure. I got some gear too. <clears throat> but yeah, that's been like my that'd be my chief motivator for extra slush money. Well, make fourteen Bitcoin and then go buy that guy's. I don't want to buy shop. that. I don't. I want it for the building, but I wouldn't want it for the business. Mm. Yeah, there's a reason why he's selling. There's a reason why he's selling them for Bitcoin, because that hides stuff. Well, it's just a bit that the location of the business is like, I would you know you turn around, sit on that for a year, and then turn around and sell it for twice as much you paid for it. The thing is, is that with Bitcoin, like if I was selling my house and someone offered me Bitcoin, I would totally give them a discount on my house, like a major discount. If you pay me in Bitcoin, because I don't need, I mean, I'd have to hire a lawyer to draft up some papers and just give you the deed to my home. I just like basically would give it to you. Like and, you sign over a car title. Yeah. And they'd give me the Bitcoin because you can just hand that over privately. If you're two people, two people, that transaction doesn't even exist anywhere where the IRS can find it. Doesn't exist. Well, you'd say, wouldn't you save, you'd probably save that money, wouldn't you? Like you would save money if you did it that way, even if you gave it to them at a discount, as I understand it considering your explanation that you've just given me. Well, I'll tell you what, real estate's an interesting thing. I don't know how real estate agents even exist anymore. I don't know why their jobs haven't been fully disrupted, like gone the way of Blockbuster Video. Real estate agents don't do crap. If you're a real estate agent listening, I don't even care. Fight me, dude. You don't do anything. You don't deserve your 6%, your 3% listing fee and 3% whatever fee. Dude, when I bought this house, I found it myself. My realtor doesn't find it. I found it and said, I want to go see this house. He calls someone, which I could totally do, lets me in, and tells me about all the bedrooms, which I can find out myself by, by looking at them. And I got to pay him 3%? Get out of town, dude. Hey, I'm on, the, I'm on the other side of the fence. I love my realtor. She's a friend of mine. She's helped me out. She helped me fight relief. She did legitimately help me. She helped me figure out the way to buy my house when I was in a tricky situation. And... Mm. I was on workman's compensation. I don't like it when you say good things about real estate agents. Well, you're just going to have to deal with it because... Uh... Mm. All right, whatever. Hey, let's wrap this up. Let's do a secret word. You know what the secret word's going to be. Yeah, I, I can guess, but go ahead. And let, it's got to be Bitcoin. Um, uh, one quick thing, too. I had something interesting happen to me two nights ago. Uh -oh. I got blocked from a buy-sell like buy trade group uh, in, in Vancouver on Facebook. Oh. Uh. For calling someone was posting nudes, <laughs> you dirty, dirty dog. There was a time I was very pretty, um, you dirty dog. They were selling a half used bottle of ketchup, and then someone was going to trade him a half used bottle of Windex. I thought it was a joke, so I just said, Oh, ketchup, it's trash sauce for uncultured peasants. I call ranch that sometimes too, but like, um, trash sauce <laughs> for uncultured peasants. I uh, like ketchup actually. <laughs> I like ketchup too. There's not I like, take offense to that. One thing that you will find in every Granath household is ketchup in the fridge. Period. Doesn't yeah, which one definitely. But um I get mad when there's no if there's no ketchup in the fridge. Oh, I get pissy if I like, get, like what kind of what kind of a uh, world do I live in? I don't want to live in this world where there's no ketchup in my fridge. There's only two things I get really pissy about at home. Uh one is ketchup. The yeah. ketchup's gone and coffee. Mm. Well, I likes to totally drink all the coffee. And I have, like, I want coffee in the morning maybe once every two weeks. Oh, okay. You know, it's just some mornings you just wake up and it's like, oh, man, that sounds great. I'm yeah. going to have me a cup of coffee. It's going to be good, deli delightful. And it's gone. You're like, 
ah, mm. woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. So let's do a secret word. Secret word is obviously going to be Bitcoin. Uh, email the word Bitcoin. Go buy some Bitcoin too if you're really smart. Listen, even if it's like, you don't have to, here's the thing, I didn't mention this. You can buy a portion of a Bitcoin. You can buy $5, $10, $100 of a Bitcoin and have that .00003 Bitcoin. That's a thing and it's real. And you can still double your money. You can still, you know, ride this wave with whatever you got. You don't have to own a full Bitcoin. People think they've missed out. You are wrong. You have not missed out. Just because you can't buy a whole Bitcoin doesn't mean you can't play the game. Or work your way up to one. Or work your way up to one. Exactly right. So um, uh, email the word Bitcoin to drilledpodcast at gmail.com and you might get yourself 500 big ones towards... Bitcoin? (laughs) (laughs) You might get... (laughs) Well, you know, if you further break down a Bitcoin... One, I think it's, I think it's, um, the lowest increment of Bitcoin is called one Satoshi, named after the founder, Satoshi Nakamoto, um, who might be a group of people, might not be one person, we don't know. But 100 million Satoshis is a Bitcoin. So it goes out to like nine decimal places. So one side, I don't know what one Satoshi is worth to break it down. It'd be one, it'd be $36,000 divided by 100 million. So you go, it gets down, it gets broken down into very small increments. But uh, a lot of people measure things in Satoshis. This is, this coin's, this, each, each coin is worth 2,600 Satoshis, 3,600 Satoshis. Um, and if it goes up in value, it's so weird because there's a, there's a, a value of Satoshis and there's a value of dollars and they're different. So you can be earning in Bitcoin, but losing in dollars or earning in dollars, but losing in Bitcoin. And so it's a very, it's a very complicated Rubik's cube of, of uh, different play. It's like an MC Escher um, painting, but in like digital investing world. I'm so good at Rubik's cubes. I had to buy the weird ones to find a challenge. <laughs> I love Six by six Rubik's cube, you weirdo. Anyways, email the word Bitcoin to Drilledpodcast at gmail.com and you'll get 500 bucks. Uh, I think I'm doing the fifth person. Fifth person that emails. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but keep on emailing in. Let us know. If you can't use it yourself, we can gift it to someone else. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, If you have any cryptocurrency questions, I'm happy to answer whatever questions I can. If you have any spare cryptocurrency, please send it to us. (laughs) We're going to get donations. I'm telling you what, my goal is to start getting the crypto guys on our podcast and start getting donations in, in Bitcoin. I do have a question. What if I got all my donations from for Halo, invested in Bitcoin, doubled my money, took it back out in dollars? Do I get taxed on that as a nonprofit organization? See, I don't think anyone can answer that we need question. A CPA that's good at this and good at nonprofits. Yeah. That doesn't exist, dude. So if there's a CPA out there that is really good at nonprofits and negotiating cryptocurrency. Uh, just that whole world, please reach out to us because we need you. <laughs> also, you're a unicorn if you exist. Yes. You're um, a unicorn. But I do wonder, what if I took my money? I mean, most people would say it's irresponsible of like a nonprofit to like hold their, like invest their money. Like you might lose it, right? But I would say it'd be irresponsible for me not to spend all my money on Bitcoin. That would be, oh, God. <laughs> that, that would be the real irresponsible action. Anyways, one of those questions. If you know the answer, 
Email me. That's Let me know. It's like if I told you, like, hey, Brady, I use the the company card to get a DeLorean. Is that cool? Uh, <laughs> if that DeLorean's going to be, like, turn into two DeLoreans? <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, if it was multiplying. One of the coolest things I saw was a, a, um, it was a Twitter comment. Someone was asking, like, just a normal question, like, hey, what is Bitcoin? Who can give me a quick definition or a quick synopsis of what Bitcoin is? And someone says, imagine that your uh imagine that by leaving your car idling all night long it somehow produced solved sudoku puzzles that then you could use to buy crack and heroin that's big what are we in salmon creek that that's bitcoin <laughs> that's bitcoin which is true it's like these like huge like mining rigs with like a ama- like i don't even know what the gpu output is it's crazy and they just produce these math problems that create Bitcoin, and you can buy heroin with it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like we're in, like in Hazelden. For those who think Bitcoin, let me just add this last thing. For those who think Bitcoin is only used for nefarious purposes, so are dollars. Okay? Dollars are also used for nefarious purposes. And uh, there are certain portions of Bitcoin that are trackable. Let's be real. Most things can be used for nefarious purposes in the yeah. wrong hands. So. Yeah. The internet, it's got some dark, dark alleys. I remember the internet in the 90s. Like, it was the Wild West. It's got some skeletons in the dark web closet. I mean, I can just, like, yeah. I mean, it was the Wild West. There was no such thing as the dark internet then. It was just the internet. You know, I you, have you seen would, things that I have not. I have seen things that I see. cannot unsee. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. All right. Let's wrap this up. We got to go. Thanks for joining us. Join us next week when something else happens. Probably won't be as cool as a Bitcoin conversation, but <laughs> at least for you. We can we can hope. We can Maybe hope. we'll do Bitcoin part two. I'm gonna go buy some Bitcoin. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.